Fan Podcast for episode number 147. I am your host, David Palermo, and as always, follow us everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, throw us a like, tell your friends. And if you don't know, coming up, this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or I should say the Buccaneers are coming to Buffalo, and if you don't know, there's two ways you can win a ticket to sit next to me at the game. Number one is if you have iTunes or Apple, whatever products, and you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, especially a five-star review, and I will comb through them and pick a winner to go. If you do not have an Apple product, well, just hop along, subscribe, like, and tell your friends, maybe get somebody else to subscribe to everything as well, show a friend, make some kind of case, and shoot me an email, dave at numbillsfan.com. Or hit me up, again, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Also brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network. Awesome spot to get podcasts. They're on grandstandsportsnetwork.com. Cool stuff like Lockdown Sports Franchise. Our boys there from Lockdown Bills Cover One, which is an awesome podcast covering draft prospects, college, the college game, etc., 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 and tying it into the NFL. It's pretty rad. So you should check that out. And as always, brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com, which is a soon-to-be podcast network from Punch Drunk Sports, where a comedian does a podcast for each professional sports team. And yours truly, Numb Bills Fan Podcast, is the one for the Bills for that network. Make sure you follow them along at Punch Drunk everywhere. If you don't listen to podcasts, it's awesome. There's Ari Shafir. He has a special on Netflix called Double Negative Check it out. I always end up on the Comedy Central or Ari Shafir, his own YouTube, and check out This Is Not Happening. I love watching it. I watch it about every night. Pick one out, and I watch it. I'm addicted to it. Cool-ass intros. Also, San Tripoli is another comedian on there. has a podcast called The Tinfoil Hat Podcast. Really awesome. Check it out. Also, The Return to or of the Red State from Jason Tebow, who we just had on the other day. He's the third comedian on the podcast regularly as well. And he's also works for DirecTV's Red Zone. So really great guests we had on a few podcasts ago, if you miss it. So shout out to Jason Tebow. Thank you for coming on. And, well, on the line right now, we have James from Indy. And to intro him real quick, James went to the Bengals game, and he checked in with us after the Carolina game. So, James, welcome. Hi, what's up, guys? Well, we're here. We're proud. Yeah, no kidding. After a a tough loss and a bye week, uh, we push forward. Hopefully we can can get the W next, uh, this coming week, and and, uh, turn the tides around. Yeah, I'll say... um... You know, pretty much we we talked before we we started this podcast. We're going to talk. You at the game soaked. How was the turnout to when you walk out Uh, of the game? And then we'll touch on like after sitting for a week. So pretty much the theme of the podcast today will be we have a few topics on hand. The secondary, Charles Clay, the run game. These are topics James wanted to bring up specifically. And I'm sure we'll digress into other things. That's what I do is digress all the time. 
on okay. digressions as well right now. And um, we'll pretty much roll through these with, with the theme of before the bye week, after the bye week. James is walking out of Cincinnati soaked. Or did you get a poncho, I hope? No, I didn't, man. I didn't get a poncho. James, so I, I, do you not listen in. to the podcast? Once you I, get I, wet, you're fucked. I know, man. I know. I goofed big time because uh, they had they offered them, but by the time they I had a chance to get one, I was already soaking wet, and I had a few beers, so I said, screw it, I'm going to stand in the rain, and it was a mistake. Uh, but, uh, yeah, after I walked out of the game um, and finally got to go home after being just absolutely drenched, I did put together some notes to to, uh, to think about for this uh, upcoming bye week. Uh, the first note, like uh, like Dave said, uh, I thought uh, after thinking about it at first, I was really kind of bummed about Trey White and getting torched on uh, on well, I think it was a second drive and uh, giving away that that huge touchdown to Cincinnati. But after after giving it some thought, I really thought like the I was kind of proud of the secondary for really showing up during this game. I mean, this defense was supposed to be the third best run defense, um, and I really thought the the secondary really really shined. I think they got was three t- three turnovers, and so you know against a a pretty formidable uh, team like the Bengals, I, I really think that they shone through and uh, and provided a positive a positive spotlight versus some of the other negatives that did happen. Uh, so I did. I mean, I kind of changed my mind a little bit after that. I was I was walking out of the game pissed, and I you know I waited to the last second, ticked off the clock before I left, and I, I was mad at first. But after thinking about it, you know Trey White's a rookie, and AJ Green is like the top five in the definitely in the top five of, of wide receivers in the league. And for the most part, I really thought he did a pretty good job of of sticking on him. Obviously, there were some big plays that he gave away. Um, but you know that's that's going to happen, and and with a rookie like that being able to uh, to hold him to what he did, uh, I think it's really something admirable, and I think it's a good a good look to the future, honestly, for him. Yeah, I think um, I think really for for that secondary um, very dependable safeties. Uh, the ball the, the 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 ball ends up in their hands a lot. Um, did not expect it. And, and Trey White, he bounced back. We got to keep in mind, it's A.J. Green in his prime. I mean, the guy has savvy vet moves. And I, I really think that, that Trey White, you know, there was a play where he, he he didn't break focus. He looked over the sideline real quick to make sure he was on sides and, you know, checking everything out. And boom, 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 A.J. Green's by him. You know, ball snapped. So it's, it's he's almost... I, I think uh, almost a little too much pressure on himself. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it's like, look, next game, it's against Tampa Bay. So looking forward with the secondary, you know, you could possibly be facing Ryan Fitzpatrick. And sure. there's one thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he just throws the ball. He can uh, give it away. I think he had what two ninety yards in the last in that last game and three two touchdowns. interceptions, yeah, but two interceptions too. So I mean, there's we all know Fitz Magic and his ability to give it away. So uh, I mean, I, I'm I would not be surprised. I mean, honestly, I do think that we get uh, Jameis Winston back in this game, um, and I, I kind of think that maybe that's a good thing because uh, I, I think maybe a, a healthy 
Fitzpatrick might be a little bit better than a little bit of a banged up Jameis Winston um, as far as the Bills D. So I think that I think if we get Jameis back, we have probably a better chance of actually uh, of actually of actually getting the the win next week. Because I mean, I know Fitzpatrick can really put it up, and you know they've got some good receivers that can pull it down. So you know I I'm not as worried about this game as I was the Bengals game, but uh, I, I'm. I'm definitely waiting to see what, what's going on with uh, with the quarterback situation. Yeah, I think honestly, I you know we want to judge teams really early, and we have to stay true to the path. You have to go the first four games. We're deciding who the team is. Okay, game five for the Bills was against the Bengals, and the Bengals look defense is number three in the league, and you know Marvin Lewis, the head coach, he's no joke. You know what I mean? It's like there's only so many systems in football. And up until that point, he's beaten Tyrod Taylor, I believe, every time he's faced him. So I don't remember a Bengals win in a long time for the Bills. So, um, you know, it's, it's like Marvin Lewis has had the Bills number for a while. And they played the Bengals a lot. And it seems like every year. I'm, you know, I, I'm not shocked that they lost to the Bengals. They had like some eerie feeling. You know, I, I I think we all did. You know, it's just like I don't look at it like a trap game, but let's be real. Like, like what if this defense decides to act human and have an off game? It's going to have an off game. All the Bills, all the Bills fans are going to be going crazy, and it's going to happen. What if it is against Tampa Bay? You know, we can say whatever we want about Fitzpatrick, but I still believe if you put a defense around Shane Gailey's offense at the time, you we would have we would have done something fine. You know, so it's like. Here we go again, you know. So it's like you're playing the Bengals or playing a depleted offense. They can't put anything together. I mean, God forbid Tyrod Taylor has a fucking offseason with wide receivers, you know, yeah, like that he yeah, gets to yeah, use. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I mean, and Tyrod has his own issues too. And I'm not uh, going to. And, and I really think that, like, just, just the feeling in this game, I, you know, there, there, there comes about two or three times a year in the season as Bills fans where you just – you just get that feeling down deep inside that's like they are not going to win this game. And I drove two hours to this game to watch this game, and I had that feeling in my stomach: the Bills are not going to win this game. And sure enough, here we are. And, and, and I think really it's, it's kind of a testament to um, the the ability of uh, of the Bengals. I think they're a completely underrated team, and especially you know their their uh, record. I don't think reflects the team at all. I, I mean. They, they've only gotten better since getting rid of that coach that they had and getting that new one in. And yeah, they got really Zimmer that, in now, so. Or right, uh, Laser, right. so, sorry. So, I mean, I, I think that they uh, they really do have some promise in, in their division. Yeah, it's a, you know, I think they're going to take the division, but, I mean, you know, you never know with Pittsburgh, and, and Ben Roethlisberger's head is just so up and down. And I'm not a fan of Ben at all. Um, I think Me he's either. a horrible human being, Roethlisberger. Um, I don't like him. I think he's a horrible person. Uh, I don't like hearing about guys who, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you hear about offensive linemen, uh, you know, holding the hallway down as they <laughs> trap you, him uh, with women, I think that's well, and- fucked up. So it's like, for me, I don't like him. I hope he gets hit in the head. 
and I hope he, he retire. I hope he does retire early, and I hope Pittsburgh becomes a tire fire because at this point you have to hope that the Bengals beat everybody else in the division, and, and in the Bills division in Atlanta just lost to Miami, so that kind of negates yeah. a win a little bit. And you gotta hope these AFC teams just lose. You gotta hope. You gotta root for the Bengals. I think. You know, yeah. you gotta root for everybody else to lose. So, well, and I think I think what what's interesting about the the Steelers in particular is on paper the Steelers should be a unbelievably great team. I mean, you know that was a uh, who who was a uh, that Manny guy on on Twitter asking about uh, Martavius Bryant. I think Martavius Bryant is a, is an unbelievable talent, and I feel like it's just completely wasted standing right next to the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, not only that, you got Le'Veon Bell. The defense, I think, is solid. It's not incredible, but I think it's solid. I mean, on paper, that team should be tearing up their division. And so far, it's just, I mean, aside from the uh, the, the most recent game at KC, it just doesn't seem like they've been yeah, able to get it together. And not for nothing. I mean, it's like the Bills are in a division. We were freeballing earlier about the, the, the Patriots' bad call because I didn't watch the game. I heard it was the worst call ever. And uh, I watched yep. it while we were on the phone together. And um, it's like, like, what is the NFL seeing with these refs? Because it seems like there's like a little, I mention it all the time. And the only reason I mention refs all the time is because I think it needs to be a discussion point. I think that it's not something I can forget about when we look forward to an offseason, the Bills football, and we analyze the team, this and that, and then the offshoot comments from all the fans as well they haven't made in 17 years. Well, no, 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 no. There should be an asterisk. You're in a division with the Patriots. They get caught cheating, and they get these bullshit fucking calls. If I had, like, $10 for every time I saw the Patriots throw the ball up out of bounds and get a P.I. call where they get the ball spot on a fucking one-yard line, oh, my God, I'd be a millionaire. I would be a millionaire. It's, it's got to happen at least, I'd say, five times a year where the Patriots get that out-of-bounds pass interference call and they run the ball in front of the one-yard line. And meanwhile, we're all praising Mike Gillisley and, oh, where's Mike? It's like, no, dude. Mike got those touchdowns off penalties earlier this season. I mean, they get so many free calls thrown their way, and, and it's like, it's garbage. It's garbage, especially when the technology is there. You're at the stadium in Cincinnati. I'm at the stadium in Buffalo. You went to the Carolina game. I'm going to a Miami game, and it's the same fucking thing everywhere, which is these guys make a call. They huddle up. Hey, boss, what you see? I don't know. Is that really the conversation? No. It's what the fuck do we do now? And, oh, we got a guy in New York to call in. Bullshit. Bullshit. We're all seeing the same shit. What, are 4 million fucking Americans, like rocket scientists, all of a sudden they can break down tape? It's like, no. <laughs> we see the replay. Come on. Get out of here. Get the call right. Get the call yeah. right. And, and yeah, it, it's well, ridiculous. And every stadium now has a you know an 800-foot TV right in the middle of the screen or right in the middle of the stadium, and it's like you can't look up. You can't glance up. And get a better perspective from you know a camera angle that's made for TV. I mean, come on. I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a tired argument. I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, I, I, the refs have some kind of agenda. It feels like. Remember? Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I don't. You know, I'm I'm not a total homer. I see it against the Jets. I see it against other teams that are just that can't get a break. They can't get a break. It, it, it seems to happen, and then. You know, what happens, of it? you know, is there no accountability at all for a bad call, especially that one on the Jets? I mean, that was that really did 
changed the game, uh, especially the landscape of the game. It was an eight-point spread. Instead of getting a touchdown, uh, the other team was awarded two points. And so, you know, what we're talking about is a big spread from a, from a game that I think was within a touchdown for most of the game. I mean, come on, guys. You know, like, this, isn't a, this isn't a difficult process, especially with all the, the technology that exists, to call a fair game. And I mean, especially it really, really shined this week that it just they did not get a fair shake on that one. And, and hopefully the league can address it because really it's it's becoming a problem. And if we see more of them, you know, how, how can how can you sit there as a fan and enjoy the game when it doesn't feel like it's a it's a fair called game? And, and not for nothing. It, it's I say that so much. Not not for nothing. I say not for nothing. Not for nothing. So much. Not for nothing. Um, it, it, It's just. They don't really seem to care. And and it's to yeah. a point where you get these guys, or there's a guy who goes on a John Murphy show, he runs a Zebra's whatever website, no disrespect to the man that I don't remember his man, his name, he sounds like a nice man. But there's definitely a cronyism among among stuff where it's like, well, you know, he made the right call. And, and it's like, dude, you run a goddamn like webpage about like fucking refs. What? So not gonna be your friends because you call them out for sucking? I don't understand it. I mean, the stripes should not be bending outwards and in towards your waist, okay? Yeah. And, and, you know, we rip on that hockey all we want, but for years, he's been in great shape. He's probably heavier now than he's ever been, but he's he's always at least made it a point to look athletic. And I I don't it, – it's just a cronyism to sports, and the problem with, with – you have time into something, it means that you have better quality, that you have more knowledge. It's like, okay, well, maybe we want those guys on the field. Well, how about we back them up, if that's what you want, with yeah. eyes that can see. And, oh, by the way, it takes two seconds. It's like it's like the same metaphors and like, oh, okay, like weed is legal in Colorado, but ain't legal in New York. Why? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> you, you don't want... Oh, wow. What do you know? Crime rate goes down. DWIs go down. Colorado has a lot more money, allegedly, thanks to tax money. And, and New York State is is broke, allegedly, is fuck all the time. And we have Crooked Hillary getting thrown in there on some show votes later on or some bullshit that I called when I was a junior, senior in high school. Like, oh, wow. She's going to live here for six months and be <laughs> representing New York? Really? That's great. Wow. She knows what about New York? It's like the same shit. Across the board, however you look at it, they don't want to solve the problem. It doesn't matter. It's just red tape and bullshit. People don't want to hurt each other's feelings. It's the same shit, and it's pick a category. You know what I mean? It's the same thing, and it's so old, and and it honestly makes talking about stuff kind of like redundant because, you know, I thought about not doing this podcast because I get so bummed out over shit and and it's like you know you're trying to interject people with being objective and i am definitely more on the homer and uh if there's a glimmer of hope maybe we could ride that out you know i am definitely like that because it's sports to me it's not real life but then the human side of me sees these players getting attacked on twitter tagged all the time this and that these players are young people most of them are not Mm -hmm. even 30 and I'm 33, and I feel more lost than ever in my life. So it's like, imagine being these young, impressionable players. I really mean it. Imagine these players, yeah. and you just read all this shit everywhere that half-ass columnists write, 
and yeah. and, and there's no empathy because these guys allegedly have millions. Well, what? So they get millions of dollars. They're surprised they blow it. Well, they're supposed to work out, do all sorts of shit. What? Then become like all of a sudden good businessmen with their money? Like what planet are you on? And then oh well, Uncle Jerry knows a good guy that can hook up Uncle Billy to be an agent. And oh maybe your mom's really, like, come on man, watch that documentary yeah. broke. Everybody wants to keep take care of their family and friends. And then it's like yeah. these players are asked that with with money comes maturity. And it's like, then they get bashed on, and then you get bad calls from refs on top of that. And it's like, I just want to remove the hatred and, and the bullshit and look at this game objectively. And it's like, how objective can it be when the refs can't even be objective? It's 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 like all a tire fire. It just feels like I'm talking about a crock of shit sometimes, and I love the team. You know, I really do. Yeah. And, and Okay, so let me transition now. Do you have anything to rebuttal on that? I mean, I kind of just... No, no. I mean, I know it was a little bit of the the numb politics podcast there, but uh, uh, no, I agree. I mean, for the, for the most for the most part, I think uh, I, I think I I tend to agree with most of that. I mean, really, it's like it's just exhausting. It seems like every year there's 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 some new thing that that uh, just doesn't seem to be addressed at all. That's my my, my biggest worry. Is Dude, just, I, I don't want to hear anymore. Unnoticed. I don't want to hear anymore, James. That. Hey, it's they're a good team, so they get that call. Fucking bullshit. The Patriots right. are hot trash right now, and the brand that cooks thing was garbage too. We we're reading it in the yeah. YouTube's comment. YouTube comment. We we're like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. You know, it's like how many favorable calls do they get? It's like the Atlanta game. They were reviewing to see if Atlanta scored on a touchdown, I believe. And it's like, if that was the Bills, I feel like they would have went on to the next play. Like, why, why is this taking so long to see if it was a touchdown? No, no, no. Move on to the next play. Let's go. They missed it. Move on. The, and it's All like, right. and, and and with that, I think we sh- we can move on to let's 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 move on to the next point. Yeah, Tyrod. Uh, yeah, I want to bring up uh, out of nowhere, Tyrod Taylor. But your point was Charles Clay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Charles Clay. Man, I'm super bummed that Charles is out. Man, I really thought him and Tyrod were having a uh, chemistry uh, this year, and it seemed like. It seemed like it was just starting to heat up. Uh, I think the league was starting to recognize. I mean, I know me being in Indianapolis, I don't have that much of a pulse on, uh, you know, like WGR. I try and stay away from that stuff anyway. But, uh, you know, the the national media was really starting to get to notice uh, Charles Clay and Tyrod's connection. And, I mean, whether it worked out in your fantasy league or not, I mean, it, it it's a bummer to see uh, – Charles go down and and I do think Nick O'Leary is a good player but I just don't think he has the same chemistry obviously but uh, uh, we shall see so that really did bum me out and I think that that you know hopefully that's not a season ending uh, season ending injury but uh, I I think you know I do look forward to seeing uh, Nick O'Leary and what he has to offer for the offense yeah I agree Um, I think uh, we were talking prior about maybe I have a theory about different formations and what are you going to pull out of the box? New wrinkles in the offense. What will Bill Belichick do? A big reason I think that guys getting hurt sucks is you get to remove possible wrinkles in the future. I don't think, you know, we were giving the credit to the Bills for, oh, wow, they played off of that they're a run-first team. And look at the play action, how well it worked out. Well, you know, with Charles Clay gone, Logan Thomas, I don't trust him to block as well. I mean, that's cool. Logan Thomas can be out there for pass formations and, th- you know, whatever obvious passing downs, you know. But, like, I don't – Nick O'Leary is not known to be the, a blocking tight end either. I, I would not be shocked 
if uh, Brandon Riley maybe shit on the wall take here, Brandon Riley may be called up to be that one-trick pony of, hey, another receiver, but the argument here is, well, you want guys to play special teams. Well, my, my rebuttal is if you have Tate and, and, and the other clay up, you got, got some guys who can play teams. I mean, after Brandon Tate scored a touchdown, credit to him, he came and made the next tackle on the kickoff. So really stoked for that guy, by the way. And I would like to see Brandon Tate, more Tate. We talked about a last podcast uh, with my friend um, Mike Smith, uh, the fantasy guru guy. So Smitty yeah. Smith, shout out to him. But, um, yeah, I, I honestly could see some new formations, and I don't know how the run game is going to get going, James. And that's something we want to transition into. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, my next point here I had was uh, I was glad that the uh, the run game got going a little bit. Uh, it was a little bit pedestrian, some of the numbers that they had. But I was able to see, you know, some of that, you know, a glimpse or two at Shady doing what Shady does that, uh, you know, Mr. Cut on a dime 25. Uh, and, you know, it, it, even if some of them were called back, I think there was a couple of holding calls that called back some of his uh, larger runs that he had. But it was great to see Shady do what Shady does. Uh, I feel like this past, you know, one fourth of the season, we haven't really seen a, a, you know, a shady like season so far. And um, so it was, it was great to get a glimpse at that. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that because he was able to do that with, you know, that, that defense that, that was so revered in, in Cincinnati. Uh, I think it was, I, I hope that that's going to translate next week. Cause I think uh, Tampa Bay's defense is not nearly as good as Cincinnati. So hopefully we're able to, uh, to come home and actually get, you know, some, some, some big yards out of Shady. Yeah, I agree. And and it's like, you know, if there's one thing LaShawn McCoy has shown, it's he has it. Whether it gets called from a bullshit penalty or a legit one. I mean, Logan Thomas really didn't hold dude. But we see calls get not called all the time. So after a big play from the Bills, you wonder what's going on here. What's going on? But either way, it's not the Conspiracy Football Podcast. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so here's what I'm looking at is the defense could be human again. Tampa Bay. We don't know if we're getting Fitzpatrick. We don't know if we're getting Winston. Um, I'm going to dive into that later. I'm going to hit up the guys at, uh, you know, warning to you, Kevin Masseri or Eric Turner. Yeah. And ask you guys for some breakdowns or something. So, um, you know, I would like to know the odds and the probability of the Bills winning against Tampa Bay, and it's it's like these teams are catching up. I mean, Miami's not doing too bad. Yeah, you know yeah. the Jets aren't doing too bad. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I was very I was very glad we were able to get that early win against the Jets because it's a more credible you know, win, right? Them. Yeah, yeah. I think we get uh, we get them in what three weeks, so you know time will really tell then. But uh, what if they, the they what if like the Patriots were, are in fourth place, man? What what if the Patriots end up at the bottom of the division? Think about that. Oh, They're like two plays away from having two more losses, and the Bills are two plays away from being five and zero at the same time, one and four. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, um, really, it's yeah. T- no, that would be uh, that would be glorious. I would I would love to see them at the bottom of the standings. Um, I do think the Patriots are better than the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, 
I, I you think, do? Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as, as it stands right now, I think. I think. Is it like you can't those, count them out right now, kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think. I You're think, just waiting you know, for them to get it together. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, you look at that last game, and and however close it may have been, they still were able to to stick it out to the end. Same goes for uh, the previous game to that. I mean, that the, uh, the Pats are going to be the Pats, and I think. Unfortunately, we still have to look at them as being the <clears throat> the, the juggernauts. Dogs and, yeah, yeah and, and and you know their ability to take a nobody off the street and make them, you know, a, a star. I mean, they got Chris Hogan. He's playing. He's going to be playing lights out. I think this year. Uh, obviously, Gronk is still is healthy. He's he's pulling off big numbers and touchdowns on touchdowns and touchdowns. So I mean. I really do think they're still going to be able to pull it together. They got like three different running backs to choose from. I mean, James, I don't I, know, I, man. I think you might be. Uh, you're, I gotta play devil's advocate here, okay? And I gotta just say, in general terms, you're doing what I do before the Bills <laughs> play an own fifteen team. You're doing what I do, you know, man. They're due. Yep. You're kind of finding reasons. I get it. And whenever, you know, certain people on radio stations, like, like I remember Jeremy White accusing the Patriots of being dead like four years ago or something. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And, and it's yeah. almost like he jinx it to come back to life. And I think they won a Super Bowl that year. I could be wrong. So it's it's like, you know, I, 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 agree. I see where you're coming from, but it's five games in and they're looking shaky, James. We got to talk about that. The Patriots do sure. look kind of shaky. I mean, that's what all I'm saying. Is you have? Are you no, taking I, it into I, consideration? I, I am taking it into consideration. Obviously, I think uh, I think the for everyone in the AFC, I think the next four games are going to be what what really solidifies who's who in the in this division. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, if the Bills get three wins out of these next four games. You know, you're talking about us being on top in the division, you know, but if the Pats go 4-0, I mean, we're, it's over, man. You know what I mean? There's no way we're, we're coming back from that. So, I mean, I really think, uh, not, not, I mean, because I, I, really, you're right. I, I look at this as a homer and think like, man, I've seen this before. I've seen this before where it looks like they're shaky and I say, they're out this year, they're out. And then that year they win the Super Bowl. So, uh, I mean... I, I know the I know these teams, and I think the next four games are really what what is going to be how this how these teams finish in the AFC. Uh, I think that's the going to be oh, the yeah. biggest oh, yeah. sign yeah. how it goes. Again, I like to look at the season in quarters. It's the smartest thing Doug Marone has ever said, um, and I like to look at the season in quarters now. And if the Bills can go three and one again, or you know. I'm I'm down, you know. Like I'm yeah. down. Let, let's go, you know. The yeah. we we have to keep in mind. Every team has a boneheaded loss. Okay, every team has a boneheaded loss. But look at the Bills' losses. They're against two top-flight defenses. I mean, come on. You know the Bills yeah. are three and two. It's not that bad. It's like everybody wants to ride Tyrod Taylor on on their shoulders. When he's doing all right. And, and there's going to be things he's good and not good at. And it's like, you know, a lot of people shred him. And I honestly thought he threw the ball up. I could be out of my mind. I only watched the game once and I watched nothing about it. I totally tuned out. 
And I'll tell you right now, to me, I felt like he was giving his receivers chances when he didn't have to. And yeah. I and it's like it feels like he wants to be more contained as a pocket quarterback, but he doesn't know how to step up in the pocket at times. And it's like, well, well, and, and like, what did you see that, at I the think, what did you see at the game? Did you see separation from receivers on on a tie rod note? I I I mean, obviously, I think there were some separate. I think they did a good job of uh, seeing the right seams. There were a couple. Plays that I mean that one Brandon Tate end zone catch was I mean it had to if the ball is one second later or one second earlier he doesn't catch that ball. oh one second so, is a mean, long really, time on that play yeah exactly <laughs> and that's the thing is the so, ball was out he saw he read the defense how he, you know perfect yeah. yeah perfect play perfect catch I mean he he knew his guy was going to come down with it and he threw the perfect pass for it so I really think that you know that that kind of timing is exactly what this team needs there were some obvious catches from. You know, I, I believe uh, Nick O'Leary had had some open some open plays over the middle, which we, you always like to see. Um, and he, you know, I, I really I really do think that they they were a little bit a little bit better than we had seen in the previous game for for being on time. I think uh, one thing that we noticed was a little bit more quick passes, which I think work in our favor because I think our guys are. Are, are quick guys, speedy guys, quick hands. And I think that, that kind of timing is, is probably key to winning the next game is having those quick passes. Now, do you think um, from from the looks of it, it seems like the offensive line, at least Eric Wood was on WGR talking about, he doesn't think that they're too far off, the offensive line. And I'm really hoping that this week it comes together because – if the Bills' bottom line, if the Bills have a run game, okay, the Tyrod update, which I'm going to leave with this Tyrod update, is Bills have no run game. And if you can't run the ball, when you have a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, you are severely hampering Tyrod Taylor's ability. Yeah. What makes Tyrod Taylor so good and LaShawn McCoy so good? You don't know what you're going to get. Right. And Tyrod on the yeah. run is great. At the same time, yeah. I'm going to defend the Bills here or and say you're facing the number three defense, Marvin Lewis. If there's one thing that that guy knows that head coach, it's defense. And he gets yeah. nasty motherfuckers to play for his team. <laughs> See, Vontaze yeah. perfect. Yeah, I mean, he don't give a fuck. There's a dude, yeah. a receiver, who's getting drug charges right now. How the hell are you getting drug charges in the NFL? I didn't click the link, but I haven't seen a face, you know, preface <laughs> like that in a headline in a long time, and that usually means you're distributing something. So, they clearly have some nasty motherfuckers on the team, which is cool. I'm all about it. That's football. That's sports. Everybody builds their team differently. You can win so many different ways. But I'll say, <laughs> I mean, credit to the Bengals defense. It's usually pretty consistent. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think the run well, game comes together. We have a more the, – the goal of sports is to make the team one-dimensional. How do you do that? Yeah. Shut down yeah. the run with the Bills. What do you know? Take out Charles Clay, the number one target, the only chemistry Tyrod Taylor has – Take him out. What do you know? You know, and and, well, and, and 
Huh? And hopefully we can we can get Matthews back this week, and um, you know, and Shady and that line really do improve, and hopefully we can really kind of put this to bed. Because I'm thinking, you know, we got, you know, as soon as you get you get some kind of run game established, the passing game opens up, and obviously we know Jordan Matthews can really get at it uh, if given the opportunity. So I'm re- I'm really hoping that. Uh, that he's right about that, about the offensive line being able to step it up this week. Me too. And, and on, on a rebuttal about Jordan Matthews, there's this guy on Twitter uh, that I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm just going to call him a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, I, if he gets back to me, he's standing there with a backwards baseball cap, like his hands out, like in the doorway, and he just shreds me. And he has, like, the worst fucking takes. And the way he addresses me, I just talk to him like shit. Because he talks to me like shit, so I talk to him like shit. And then I just, like, get him going, and I just, like, fucking ignore him. Because I just forget, you know, because I have a life. And, uh, and, like, this guy, he just has, like, the worst takes ever. And I don't know what it is, but it's, like, no matter what you do when you want to deal with these games, man, it's, like, Twitter... And social media, it's 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 just it's gonna you know looking towards the future here. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> like really, dude. Like there's so much garbage out there, and what I'm saying is it's like these guys don't offer solutions with their bad takes. Yeah. And that's my overall point here, shredding this guy on Twitter. Is it's like offer me a solution. I'm not here to tell you that Tyrod Taylor is the man, but I am here to tell you that we have seen players defensively play well in other schemes, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, the head coach that has all the answers and has this written down in his notebook did not have written down, um, hey, uh, why don't we try to continue what happened before? And it's a common theme every time there's a coaching change. And unfortunately, hey, this is what we deal with. Well, guess what? When people want to be negative assholes, it goes up the organization. I'm not saying we shouldn't have fired Rex Ryan all day long. You know, in hindsight, all day long. But let's be patient here. This quarterback is not an idiot. You know, it's like, I don't think things are that bad. I know it just went off on some random freaking digression of digression of digression off some point I probably forgot. But I'm just saying, man, I don't think it's that bad. And I think it's time that they write this ship. And, and they're right there. And I think this is a testament of what it is being a fan. And being a fan yeah. means supporting your team. It doesn't mean take constant shits on them. It means, hey, yeah, can Tyrod Taylor Clay. work on the shit? Yeah. Mike Clay calling the defense uh, bottom third in the in the league or something like that, like three three games ago or something like that. Like, no, sorry, dude. Mike Rodak, trash. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know what to think because Rodak does work hard, you know. And it's like I'm not one oh, just yeah. to pile I mean, on, but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mean to disparage the guy, but I, I mean, would, it, I would. He's definitely it, made it, fake accounts and done whatever, uh, but that could also be from the top because I think Skip Bayless has I done just, that too. I just kind of wonder, like, what is Mike Clay? Try- I mean, not Mike Clay. Uh, Mike Rodak trying to get like 
a new job? I mean, does he want to work for the Patriots? No, I mean, but what's it what's it do? If you're the heel, people are talking about it, right? Are we always talking about uh Rodak? He is a he is a Bills icon. He's gonna be remembered forever because everybody yeah. talks about him. I probably mentioned him about like I mean shit. Adam Deacon and I made a video running over uh or Adam was playing uh Mike Rodak. We called him Mike Brodak. <laughs> and uh, we did a whole deflate gate video with the blow up doll that taped his penis down. And, uh, or no, wait, it wasn't a penis one. No, why would I get a, I wouldn't get a dude blow up doll. I'd get something else. But, uh, yeah, we made like a little Brady jersey and we ran it over my ass tent that we painted, you know? And, and then the Bills, uh, you know, the cold front never really came for the Bills defense that year. So that, that idea sucked. Uh, the, the, re- the real bummer is that, unfortunately, those kind of guys that I, I think it's easy for them to just shit on the team first without really taking a good deep look. I mean, obviously they have all the access they need, um, but like co- consistently their takes are that this team is trash. And, w- and the worst part about it is that unfortunately this team seems to be living up to their, their prediction, but it seems like anytime there's any kind of spark of, you know, some kind of some player who's, you know, really stepped out and, and, and produced and done a good job or someone who's better than average, but not quite elite. Isn't Tom Brady, isn't, you know, slinging it down the field. It seems like these guys are just immediately just trashing these people. And it's like, listen, we've heard you trash this team a hundred thousand times. Why don't you give us a take that is put, that is, that talks about this player being a, a good player or, you know, hey, let's give this team a fair shake because, you know, really, we're, we're right now we're talking about the team who's second in the AFC East in the first quarter of the season and with a Patriots team that looks beatable. So, I mean, really, all it takes is, you know, some some easy analysis to, to come up with something that isn't just this trash. This is a trash team again. I think you got to piling you, on Tyrod. I think you just got to honestly, James. You got to go where you want to get your information. I honestly think yeah. um, I like doing this podcast because I like to tell you where to get good information. And my favorite place to go, as homerish as it as it might sound, is honestly the John Murphy Show. And also, if you have the WGR app or you subscribe to any um, WGR RSS feeds. By all means, they will individually shout out to WGR. They will individually um, have you know interviews with Sal Capaccio every day. I believe on the morning and on the afternoon. And Sal Capaccio is very great thought. Uh, he's very solid, really cool, uh, nice guy to get along with, and he's got great information. Follow Sal Sports. That that's a guy that I ding all my. I, I know nothing. All I do is collect information, be like, what's the bullshit? What's not the bullshit? How can the team improve? Like, it's like, it's like this podcast. Like, I, I sometimes get a little shit on because I don't really comment in Facebook groups all that much, like barely. Mm-hmm. I barely get involved in the riffraff because personally, I'm on a path, which is what's up with this team? How is this team feeling? How do I feel about the team? Because I'm just going to call my friends and talk about it. So I'm just going to press record and talk to people anyways now it's what i do the last couple years and it's like you know i I care about the team i want it's a chess match i want to figure out the puzzle here i don't need to go off on some side riffraff and and have to debate some fucking idiots on the internet or some dumb shit that doesn't fucking matter no i'm gonna tell you go to cover one.net 
Talk to Eric Turner. Go on cover one. Yeah, that. Obvi- you know, obviously like, that, that, that goes without saying we are the, we are the novices. We don't know anything. Those dudes over at cover one and locked on bills are the guys who know what they're talking about. So I mean, Eric goes to scouting school. Like there. he really tries to put a good effort into this. And it's and like, do. you know, and, and plus the website is clean, easy to access. And credit to him for starting up Grandstand Sports Network. They yeah, got my ass out. on the sideline. You know, James, yeah. like, it's all shout where do you want to get your time. information? Where do you want to get yeah. your information? That's it. Right. So, all right, James, where can we find you on Twitter and Instagram? You can find me at James Borum. That's B O R U M. James Borum. B-O-R-U-M. Sweet. Right. All right. So, James, I will let you go. Let me just pause this. Hold on. All right. So, that was James from Indy. Find him, James Borum, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, Just to wrap up, really cool to everybody checking this out. Thank you for following along as always. If you have any topics, anything, I'm looking to make more content. Don't be shocked if I have a podcast daily coming up. So um, I really like to get my thoughts out and I like to touch base with fans. And believe it or not, if you talk to people, why, why is it we can hold a conversation with friends, but when we hear people calling to the radio station, they don't really have the proper platform and you don't feel like you're getting that full take out of the person because sometimes a radio host might want to twist it to their narrative because it does come down to ratings as well. Um, so for me, it's nice to get guys like James from James Borum, I post alone on Twitter, to come have a take with me on the podcast. If you think you have a good take, you really do, by all means... Hit me up. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, NumBillsFan. Dave at NumBillsFan.com. Don't forget, come to the game with me this coming Buccaneers game. Leave a five-star review, preferably, on iTunes. Send me a screenshot if you want to remind me to look. Or, if you're not on iTunes, you don't have the podcast app dealy thingy thing, Throw me a review anywhere you think you can leave a review. Show me you left a review somewhere. Or take a screenshot of you and maybe a friend subscribing to the podcast. That would work. Um, You know, make some kind of effort to look like you're uh, telling your friends about it. You know, let them know. I don't know. Think about it. Tell your friends. Subscribe. NumbillsFan.com also has, you know, a little playlist as well. If you don't want to subscribe, but you should subscribe because it's really easy. And uh, expect, you know, consistent content. Usually three podcasts a week. A game preview, a post-game kind of deal, a fantasy football podcast. During the bye week, hey, I need a bye week myself. So expect Fantasy Smitty to be back. My boy Mike Smith. Mike actually saved the day. Uh, he told me to grab Perrine. Uh, started for the Redskins. He picked me up some points, more than a guy I had on the bench. So we will dive into that. Get your fantasy football update. That podcast will be coming soon. And again, don't forget GrandstandSportsNetwork.com, PunchDrunkSports.com. Follow them all. 
Please, Cranston Sports Network could use more follows. Really, get your ass on it. Good people. Great podcast. I like the Rock Power Report. Drew puts a lot of work into his podcast, and so does Chris. And they're good people. Drew likes to do some drunk things. And, you know, I'm hoping to invite myself over there sometime. But I don't get the invite. Thanks, Drew. I thought we were tight, man. Whatever, Drew. Maybe I want to get drunk too, which never happens, Drew. So, if you know Drew from Rockpile Report, tell him uh, I could just shoot him a text, but I guess I'll call him out here. So, anyways, that's it. I'm your host, David Palermo. Thank you. Numbillsfan.com. Tell your friends. And uh, hope you can come to the game with me. Be a pleasure. And don't forget, I'm not really a drunk at the game, so... If you're expecting, like, Party Pete, it's not really me. Uh, You know, I know I'm really branding. This is a really good time with me at the game. But, uh, all right, have a good one. Take care. Goodbye.